It's going to be Michigan and Washington in the final game of the final season of real college football. Plus, we'll fast break through the holiday hoops highlights. It's the 2024 edition of Sixth Year Seniors. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I'm getting tired of losing to Purdue! I'm not here to round this week! That's why I got a college skip! That's why I was an All-American in Michigan! It's Division I football. It's a big 12. I've got so many ways to make up a million ways. I'm barely making it up. Don't play intramurals, brother. Oh, yeah. I could give a shit about North Carolina right now. Mikey, how you do? Happy freaking New Year, buddy. Happy New Year. Can't say there's anything real different about this year, but we'll take it and see where it goes. Oh, there'll be, there's there's plenty different coming. Depending on how you want to look at it, we're either like eight months or 11 months away. We'll, we'll prefer the eight months. I'm not going to talk about the 11 months because it's going to be 11 months of a shit show. Let's just get get right to it. I just figure, you know, I'm going to go look deep into the transfer portal and see if I can find a bunch of new days that nobody knows about and see if they work for me. That that would be a good idea, yeah. So let's talk football, and that way we can get that out of the way, and then we can talk basketball in the last half of this show. Michigan, Washington, both win on fourth and goal defenses to get into the national championship game. I see that ratings were sky high for both of these games. But I thought everybody was boycotting. Nobody's going to watch the games. I told you. I freaking told you on this show that there was going to be a gazillion people watching. And I was right. I want to get that out of the way right now. Mikey was right. Well, And I have no problem with the semifinals. It was the rest of the bowl games I'm shocked that people were watching. I, I didn't Orange look at bowl, the rest of the Cotton numbers. Bowl. I didn't watch any of the morning New Year's Day games. I didn't watch any of the December 30th games. They were crap, and and I've seen the ratings say that they were some of the best ratings ever for those bowl games. I'm shocked. I don't understand it. The, the, The undercard on the bowls were not good. I was very underwhelmed with the New Year's Six matchups. That's why we did the bowl draft on here. We made better matchups than this garbage. It was just underwhelming all across the board. I couldn't get into any of it. We'll talk about a couple of them here as we go on. But yeah, the 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 big boys did some monster numbers on New Year's Day. They always do better numbers on New Year's Day than when they put the semis on, on the other dates. Well, it makes sense. I mean, especially, again, on the East Coast, you start them so late, it's like you have to choose between going out on New Year's Eve or watching a football game. It's 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 a bad setup, but everybody was complaining this time about how the how the Sugar Bowl got you know, the the kick got delayed because the Rose Bowl went to overtime. Everybody watched, everybody watched. It is what it is. I I was this close. I was this close to turning the game off and going to bed. It was getting late. I ain't gonna lie. Oh I was really? This, I was waiting for Washington to put the dagger into Texas, and they just refused. To do it, and I'm like, all right, I'm, you, you, you got me. I'm hooked, 
And I'm glad I hung on because that was a hell of a game. And I'm not even sure that's the one we want to start with. Well, yeah, let's let's start with the big one. If you hate Alabama, and we do, Michigan beats Alabama 27-20. Should we thank Alabama's center or Michigan's defense? First of all, you said if you hate Alabama, and we do, and we do. I found myself rooting for the Tide in this game. Are you serious? I am. And not just because I had some coin on them. As the game got closer to kickoff, I just thought that the most hilarious outcome would be Alabama by 30. From the first snap, that, that first snap, McCarthy rolls out, and I don't know what he was trying to do. And Alabama picks him off, and it's like, oh, Lord. Here comes 2012 again. It's Alabama and Notre Dame all over again. And they review it, and, and it was in the, the corner was out of bounds. Thank so goodness. They, they yes, I was thinking the same way. I'm like, oh, man, Alabama's going to curb stomp Michigan. And all we're going to hear is Bama fans for the next 11 months. Yeah, exactly. And then they got the they, then they got the, the fumble on the punt. And it was like, man, just it, Michigan's not going to catch a break. But they missed Alabama an extra just couldn't, point. couldn't do they it. And the long goal. They left all sorts of cheese on the field. It was hilarious. But as the game progressed, I, I was less into Alabama blowing Michigan out. And there was still there was still a path for them to do that into the fourth quarter. It was like, okay, they're gonna get a stop here, they're gonna get another touchdown, they're gonna be up two scores, then you get a cheap turnover for a touchdown, all of a sudden it looks like it's a blowout. But it wasn't. And I don't think it's controversial at all to say that Michigan was the better football team and they dominated the trenches in this game. They deserved to win the football game as much as their special teams tried to muff it up for them. My God, even the la- the near last play of the fourth Oh my quarter. God. that I mean, that was... If I was a Michigan fan and that had... I'm trying to think... The closest thing I could think to it is watching the 2017 Final Four and Carolina missing back-to-back one-in-one free throws, but somehow corralling the offensive rebound to save the game. Oh, okay, so you're talking save the game, because otherwise, I'm sure there were a lot of fans who were going back to, Chris Webber did what? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, just give it a good Michigan parallel there. I cannot, what, whatever happens, I don't remember who said this on Twitter, whatever happened to put your heels on the 10-yard line and if the ball goes over, who gives a shit? Why are you fielding the ball in that situation? Yeah, I, I, that, that, that I don't, doesn't I, happen. I, I, I just don't get it. That would have been an all-time just shit job. Just give the game away. It was to the point where Michigan couldn't take a knee. To run the clock out. They had to get out of the own end zone to be able to get down. And then there was the whole time. I don't know what happened. with They They wound up having to take an extra snap for some reason there at the end. I don't know how yeah, that happened. Yeah, it was said that Michigan called a timeout, but nobody's really explained why they called a timeout. Were they just or, or resetting? Or didn't, you know, who was at fault? That, that was weird. That was really It was weird. very weird. We're, I, I, I was wondering if they were just kind of resetting the offensive line and everybody just say, look. This is what everybody is doing on this play. We're not going to fuck this up. But the thing was, is 
they didn't need to call timeout because they didn't need to run another play. So there was no reason to set up oh, the good, offensive oh, line because yeah. there was going to be no play. There was going to be, yeah, you're right. You're right. There was going to be no play. You're right. The time would have run out. Anyway, Blake Corum rumbled 17 yards for the game-winning TD. And then Michigan stops Jalen Milrow on a keeper on fourth down. Thank goodness. Because you know what was going to happen. Alabama would have scored. They would have gone for two. They would have won the game 28-27 because that's just the kind of thing that Alabama does. It makes sense. And I, I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of this given the new overtime rules that if you if you do have the ball second and it, it, the first team scores a touchdown, you got to score a two-point conversion anyway once it goes. So you might as well go ahead and do it and end the game on your own terms. And I'm convinced that Saban would have done that, that had, had they gotten in. But... It went, it was the the first play, the first Alabama play from scrimmage, and the last Alabama play from scrimmage. The Michigan defensive line was up in Milrow's face all game long, and that was the difference in the ball game. Well, you know that, why? Because there's signs stealing cheats, <laughs> <laughs> and I love them. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Uh, I did not black... see a Michigan drone over the Texas Washington game. I was disappointed. There were a bunch of drones up making the making the 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 Rose logo and the trophy logo and whatnot after the game. Absolutely, I mean, hell, as far as we know, the the B two bomber that flew over the the stadium had all the intel on, on everything. But there uh, you go. Zo- yeah. Zoomed in pictures. Connor Stallions was flying the flying the B two bomber over the Rose Bowl. Ain't no stealing signs got anything to do with how the right tackle got absolutely blown up on the fourth and goal play. I mean, just uh, the the whole right side of the line collapsed. You see the replay, and you see where they were going. The guard pulled Milrow. I don't even think he. I, I don't think there was a chance. Like like you can see where the hole's at, but where everybody's at. He would have had to break like two tackles just to just to get behind the guard to to make a play at the end zone. The play was never there. I understand where they were going. I thought they should have rolled him out and maybe try to you know a, some sort of run pass where he can keep it or 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 he could find somebody cutting across. I thought the I thought the QB sprint was a bad call. Well, the Alabama sympathizers claim that the play was supposed to be a screen to the left hand side. But because of the bad snap, then Milrow took it on his own. Oh, I, no, I'm not I, buying that. I, I'm, I'm not buying that, but that's what Alabama sympathizers are saying today. It's fourth and goal. Why are we throwing a screen to the left? I mean, not not just shy of the goal line. Behind the line of screen. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Although, if we're going to throw screens in big-time situations, we can talk about the Sugar Bowl later, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there in a little bit. Well, yeah, let, let's get there. Let's get there. I think we've already talked enough about Michigan and Alabama. Talked enough about Alabama. Talked enough about Alabama. Washington. Hey, hang on. Let, let, me, let me say this. I'm going to eat a little crow here. I was very vocal on Twitter when it came down to the – Alabama had led this game deep into the fourth quarter. Michigan got the ball back, and I said, and I think I'm going to quote myself on this, if there's one quarterback in the nation that I trust to lead a season-saving touchdown drive against a Nick Saban-coached Alabama defense, it's not J.J. McCarthy. (laughs) And he found Corum on on the little flat route on the fourth down and short 
which, man, they cleared that whole right side out. Man, that was a great play design. He got lucky on the tip pass because I think if the tip if, if the ball didn't get tipped, I think it's intercepted and Alabama wins the football game. But he made just enough plays and, and kept the offense calm enough in you know the biggest of big stages to go down and, and, and get the game-tying touchdown. Props to McCarthy for, for heading the charge on that. He will, and, and here's your segue, he will not be the best quarterback on the field in the national championship game. Oh, hell no. I, that's going to be the should-be Heisman Trophy winner, Michael Penix. I told y'all he should have won the Heisman, and that performance uh, in the Sugar Bowl was magnificent. I don't know how many throws he made where it was like, holy shit, how did he get that in there? But it was at least a dozen. And I mean, and I'm not talking bullshit little five yard out. So, you know, we're going to, you know, that's an NFL throw. He's going all the way across the field. I'm talking deep down the field. How did this dude get the ball through that window throw? He was incredible. I haven't seen a quarterback performance like that this season. I can't remember the last time I saw a quarterback performance that was that tight in that kind of situation. He was unbelievable. I, I heard announcers claiming that he has three NFL caliber wide receivers on the field with him. No way. Roma Dunias is the only one who's going to the NFL. He makes them look that good. Whereas at LSU, those receivers made Jaden Daniels look that good. There's a difference there. Penix is making these guys look fabulous. He may have three NFL receivers because he he's he's bumped those he's pulled those guys up by getting them the ball where, well, okay, where they, they, can they, get, they they might get drafted, but when they get drafted, they'll find out that they're not that good. Then that might be unless the case. they have an I, all unless they have an all pro quarterback throwing to them. The the one touchdown pass where he threw it between the two techs, I don't know how he put there, that window was the size of a Pringles can. And he got, it was the best throw I've seen all season. It was just like, I mean, I audibly said out loud, holy shit, how did he get that in there? And he had 10 other ones that were just like it. It was great. He was, un- I cannot glow enough about what Michael Penix did in the Sugar Bowl. It was just a, a godly performance. Well, he's going to have to do it again, and probably even more so in the national title game. Because it does not look like Dylan Johnson's going to play. And without Johnson in the backfield, Penix is going to have to throw almost every play of the game. I saw, I saw a report this morning that Johnson's good to go. I don't, I, there's no uh, way he's 100%. There's no, no way he's yeah, 100%. Yeah. They're saying he's good to go. Aaron Rodgers said he was ready to play three weeks ago. Well, who's you know, more I mean, trustworthy? Come on. Come on I know. I, I, I think Dylan Johnson may try hard, but he's not going to be 100%. Their next running back down the list has less than 200 yards from, uh, from scrimmage. They're going to need Johnson. And maybe if he can be a decoy and Michigan falls for it, then Washington has a chance. Can he give him enough? Uh, otherwise... Unless Pinnock throws for 500 yards and probably four touchdowns, Michigan's going to win this game rather handily. Oh, I'm see, I'm not sold on that. I if, if 
Alabama's offensive line had been an issue all year long. Can Washington's offensive line give Penix enough time to to cook? And we know he can. You know, we and we know he can get outside the pocket and make pass. God knows he did that enough uh, in the Sugar Bowl. Is the secondary up to the up to the challenge? Because he could put the balls in tight windows. I think it's going to be but, a fascinating. But, but here's the deal, contest. though: Can he put balls in tight windows when you're rushing six and not caring about the running game? That and that's the whole thing. Can can they can they keep him up? Because I mean, there's, there's, there's going to be a there's going to be a time, and I say it's going to be early second quarter, where Michigan realizes that Dylan Johnson cannot run the ball. They're just going to go full bore blitz on Penix the rest of the game. They're going to have to, because if they can't get to Penix, Washington will win the football game. Oh, I agree with you. But when you don't have to care about a running game, you can get to Penix. Going to be interesting. It's it's going to be really fascinating to see if. If if Penix could fight from underneath and 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 st- stay upright long enough to to find those receivers, the line right now is four and a half for Michigan. It's opened at four. I'll bet you it's going to climb up maybe as far as six, depending on how the news of Dylan Johnson goes. So if you want Michigan, bet them now. If you want Washington, wait till the game time. I tend to agree with that. Total Will, 55 and a half, which seems a touch high. I, if I had to make a bet on this game, it would be Michigan minus four and a half and under the 55 and a half. Well, you know, Washington's going to give up a touchdown in the fourth quarter that they shouldn't give up because God knows they did that against Texas. Let's talk about the end of that game before, before we go any further. What Washington did in the final eight minutes of that game they were this close to eating maybe the worst loss in college football history. Yeah, if Texas had stolen that game, that would have been that. That's firing on the tarmac. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I, for for I, I guess they had to call the timeout to get Johnson out of the game. I I I, I don't know. But that's an extra 30 I thought, seconds. See, I, and, see, I'm not sure. I'm still not sure that that was the right, that that's how it's supposed to go. No, no, it's not. But then they, then you got the punt interference penalty. Then you got that long pass. Oh, God. And, and then the pass that blew Hall's in, which I'm not sure was a completion. I It was bang, bang. I think it was the right call, but it was really close. I, I, I think it's one of those where – However you call it on the field, it was it was going to stand. It did true, yeah. I um, think it was the right call. A guy who's rooting for Washington would disagree with you, but a, a well, guy and, who's... and I was rooting for Washington, <laughs> but I, but I guess I'm passively rooting for what. Whereas Washington, oh, there's no fucking way. And then they somehow get four stops, and although the I still the screen pass, I still don't know what the hell they were doing on that because the, if if they got ta- the game was over. On the screen pass, I, I think they were far enough. They were close enough to the sideline that he was not going to get tackled in bounds. And that, yeah, and that's you're probably right on that. But man, I was like, why are you though? You got four shots. But, but in the that end zone did here. seem like a going? wasted play. Yeah. It was it was absolutely a wasted down. Absolutely, I don't know what they were doing with that. And then they get the fourth down knockdown, which you can't call pass interference in that situation. But it might have been pass interference. But it was 
a good enough defensive play where the the arm on the shoulder is going to get waved off. He was up. He was all over that ball. So I, I think if Ewers doesn't throw it up, if he if he if he goes more bullet pass there, and I don't know if he had a window to do it, but if he can get that ball there sooner, the Texas wins the game. Well, yeah, but because he, he floated it, it gave him time. Ewers, Ewers does not have a bull of an arm. No. I mean, he's he's got a yeah. strong arm, but he does not have a fast arm. You know, he can throw it far, but he doesn't get it there real quick, which is probably going to be an issue for him come NFL time if he even gets that far. I think a quarterback better than yours wins that game. Hey, Arch Manning got some play. <laughs> Do you, okay, see the picture? See, see, Do you see the picture at Media Day? Yes, yes. Oh my God, that's an all-timer. Good Lord. Now, that, that was kind of explained, though, that you, you realize yes. that freshmen aren't allowed to talk to the media all year. So this yeah. is the first time the media ever got to talk to Arch Man. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, it may have made sense, but, it made sense, but it's still just the the optics. The, the visual was, yeah, the visual yeah. was awesome. Yep. Yeah. Serious question. Well, what are the odds that Quinn Ewers returns to Texas next year? Oh. <sighs> I kind of think it's 50-50, leaning towards less than 50. Yeah, I, Murphy, the the, say, the the backup, is gone. He's already in the yeah. portal. So, I mean, it seems to me, I, if Murphy knows the job is Manning's and Quinn Ewers ought to know, maybe he'll go back to Ohio State. That's why. So, so <laughs> funny story. We're in the house here. So, I've got the game on. Everybody's just, nobody's watching the game but me, but everybody's in the room. It's one of those deals. Texas does something, Ewers makes a play, and Sean McDonough, who is, Sean McDonough's fantastic on the call, uh, says something about, you know, Ewers does something, you know, McDonough's got that, that cadence where he, he'll, he'll, the, he'll say the guy's names a little louder. The, he says, Ewers, the munchkin's head perks up. And she's like, Ewers. Is that the guy that went to Ohio State and then came back to Texas? I'm like, wait, wait, what? Oh, wait, hold on a second. Wait, we're having this covered right now? You're, you're, how do you know this? And she's like, oh, one of, the, one of the girls I cheered with dated him for a while. I was like, oh, oh Jesus shit. Christ. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so it was fun. Yeah, just random, random spot in the, in the middle of the game. I was like, wait, where'd this come from? Well, now we, know, now we know why he went to Ohio State in the first place. Exactly! 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 <laughs> God, you ain't lying about that. I know some of the girls she cheered with. You're 100% correct. But All yeah, right, no. before we go to basketball, let's talk a bit about some of the other bowl games. The highlights of the lowlights, if you will. To me, the biggest highlight was the Eastern Michigan defensive back who bum-rushes the entire oh, South God. Alabama team after the game, after they lose 59-10. to 10. How can you run back onto the field, jump a dude from behind while they're singing the alma mater or the fight song or whatever it was, after y'all got y'all's asses with 59-10? to 10? And then he I, gets his ass kicked. What did he think was going to okay, happen? <laughs> it was hilarious. Like, he comes up, and about the time he's about to hit, the teammate sees him out of the corner of the eye, and he's already on him by about the time he hit, and it was on after that. Just I, I really, crazy. I really would like to ask this guy, what was going through your head? Okay, yeah. I'm going to run onto the field, and I'm going to, Kick this guy's ass despite his, you know, 40 teammates standing around him. 
I what? What 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 did you think you were gonna do? It was bad. God, it was bad. And I didn't check. I all I all I found was he was a defensive back. I'm assuming he was probably a starter and probably got burned numerous times in that game. For all I know, this might he might have bum rushed one of the guys who burned him multiple times. I don't know. That would be my guess because my guess is that somebody said something during the game. That's the only explanation. But why wait? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why you'd wait. I mean, at some point, all right, it's did, 42. Did you like, text him or, or, you know, or, or, or maybe the South <laughs> Alabama guy said something on Twitter and all of a sudden he reads it and goes, oh, motherfucker, I'm going to get him now. It's forty-two to it's forty-two to three. Like, there's no, we're we're not you know you get thrown out of the game. Who cares, right? Oh, good grief, that was hilarious. The Cotton Bowl fiasco. I mean, my God, Missouri fourteen to three over Ohio State. That game uh, was horrible. The Buckeyes ended up using their third quarterback after Devin Brown gets hurt. Georgia destroys Florida State sixty-three to three. Oh, I'm pretty sure their water, Florida State's water boy was playing offensive line. What I the thought hell? they'd have, I thought they'd have a little more pride than that. And then since the last time we talked, Florida State just everybody opted out. They were down like sixteen starters or something like that. But my God, your Florida State, don't you got more than that on your two deep? And I know Georgia is by the by the analytics and by you know man for man down the roster, probably quote unquote the best team in college football. I'm going to come back to that in a second. But have some pride, Florida State. My God, what a shit show performance. Yeah, I, I was really shocked all across the board at how poorly teams played, even with all their players out. I expected more players to stand up and take an opportunity when it arose. Yeah, it was it was just bad. But but, but I think what we've seen is, is this is what minor bowls are going to look like for the foreseeable future now. Oh, it's only going to be it's going to be worse after next year, right? With, well, you know, yeah, with the, that's that's my old point. Yeah. yeah, I nobody's going to care about these bowls. What I wonder is how long is it going to take for the bowl sponsors to realize this and quit sponsoring? All right, t- I'm calling timeout right there because there's you just you hit on two things that I that I want to get to. Number one, this I, this should be the last year of. Oh well, so and so is actually the best team in college football because everybody everybody say, oh, you look at all the games. Georgia's clearly the best team because they killed Florida State, and Florida State's got their own issues. I, I loved the tw- somebody from the AJC, which is not surprising, said, "How much would Georgia be favored over Michigan and Washington? And, uh, and maybe Washington, not Michigan." My point is, I don't give a shit. Y'all you didn't in. win when it counted. Exactly. So you might be, quote-unquote, the best team in college football, but you ain't winning no national championship and you can't claim no national championship. The last time I checked, Jesus, I said this last last time we talked too. We got two undefeated teams playing for the national championship. We couldn't make this the Rose Bowl? We can't have Michigan and Washington in the Rose Bowl for the national championship? Damn it. Missed opportunity. Hate that. Two. Oh, oh before I go. We get the same thing in college basketball sometimes where you'll get, you know, hot shot Kentucky or whatnot whining, you know, after they got knocked out in the in the regional final. Oh, we were the best team. But doesn't it feel different 
when those conversations happen, it always feels more defiant in college football. And we've seen it with Ohio State in the past, too, where Ohio State got left out of the playoff, but they were, quote, unquote, really the best team in college football. But they weren't left out. They had an opportunity to be in and lost. Oh, and that's, and that's the, it, again, it always comes back to that. But Georgia's like, oh, we should have been in. Well, if they, well, they could have been in had they beat Alabama. We know that. But it always feels like that, that it, it's a different tone when we have that argument in football versus basketball. Because I do think there is a, there's a more, I don't want to say accepting, but in the NCAA tournament, one, you're never going to team, you're never going to get a team that gets left out of the tournament that says, oh, well, well we should have, you know, we should have We could have won it. We could have won the national champion. That never happens. Whereas in the 14 playoff, in a case like this year, you get that. It's just the, there's a, this air of, I don't know if it's it's arrogance, defiance, the whole, but I hate it. It's just brutal. Shut the hell up. You had your chance to be in the playoff and you missed it, Georgia. I'm sorry. Number two, and this ties into a bowl game you do not have listed here on the format sheet. So so we're going to go Vince Russo and we're going to go off script here for a moment. You're talking about bowl sponsors. I hope you're going to talk about the Pop-Tart Bowl. That's exactly what I want to talk about. I have never seen a throwaway bowl game get more talk on, on social media. I've been on Twitter for 12 years now. Oh, the, whatever, the, four, the, the first the first Duke Duke's Mayo Bowl. That, 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 had, a lot, that had a lot of buzz. That had a lot of buzz. Close as it's come, yeah. I've never seen anything like this. It was wild from the get-go. And it's ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. Over the top. I thought it was completely stupid myself. But it it got a lot of people talking. But it was fun. I got to admit, it was fun. It was very fun. I wanted to find out how they were going to make an edible mascot. And and I got to give them credit. It, it It was unique. It, you know, yeah, having it the was, mascot go down the toaster and then come out as a real pop tart was was a lot of fun. Does it work? Does it work again next year? I'm guessing no. it does. No, you, 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 I don't think it. I, I don't think it would be anything like this. Now that they, we've already they, seen, they, it. They, they they'd have to top it somehow. Yeah, and I don't and know how to do I'm that. I'm not sure you can do that because I that was if somebody can top the pop tart bowl in pop tart bowl two, then that marketing company needs to be given. I'll, the Nobel Peace Prize. Pop-Tart Bowl 2. My God, we got the Bud Bowl in this damn thing. Good Lord. I love it. Pop-Tart Bowl 2. This is fantastic. But yeah, that was that was fantastic. And I, I don't even remember who played in the game. I don't remember who won the game. The only All reason I, remember... I know, the only reason I know is because NC State lost. So okay, I know that I'm Kansas State beat them. Kansas State beat them. But nobody else remembers. Like I said, the only reason I know is because my football rival lost to him. So I'm happy about that. <laughs> the only people, the only people that care about who played the pop tart were the two participants. And Kansas fans cared whether Kansas State lost, and Carolina fans cared if North Carolina State lost. That's it. Nobody else cares, and it didn't matter because the pop tart, the the this, the 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 whole gimmick was was over the top and hilarious and there were all sorts of people not even college football fans talking about this shit the next day so props to the kellogg's team for pulling that one off at highest marks 
Uh, but good luck topping it, because I, I mean, like you just said, I don't think there's a, I don't think you can match that again. There'll, there'll be buzz about, oh, we, we can do the Pop Tart Bowl again. But unless they do something that's even more over the top, it won't have the same buzz as it did this time. Well, what it made me think of was the running joke that we had for a couple of years about the Feed the Hungry Bowl. <laughs> yes. I now think this has legs. The Feed the Hungry Bowl. I, it, it can take place in California. Sure, you don't mock us for our homeless, whatever. But with all the opt-outs and transfer portals, we put homeless people in place of the opt-outs, let them play the game, and then afterward they get a free meal. It brings in the whole opt-out transfer portal NIL weird bowl sponsor thing and puts it all together in one thing. Can we get Tostitos mascots diving into giant bowls of salsa? That that works too. I the the, the avocados from Mexico bowl uh, was working on it. They they need a better marketing campaign. But they do. They absolutely work. do. That was the one in the monsoon, wasn't it? I have no idea. Was I, that the? I saw so few of these games. I really, if I didn't have money on it, even if I had money on it, I didn't want to watch some of these games. Appalachian State played in a bowl game that was literally played in a monsoon in Orlando. It was a shit show. I I, I remember if they won or lost. I just know they played in it. It wasn't. It was. I mentioned the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. Oregon predictably slaughtered Liberty. That was big yawn. Oh, and Iowa got shut out. Yeah, it's shocking. Way to go, Tennessee Brian scored Ferentz. the most points against Iowa all season, and they still didn't get the over. <laughs> and they see, yeah, Iowa got shut. <laughs> Iowa got shut out. Tennessee and and, and and Tennessee scored thirty-five points, and they didn't get the ridiculous. Oh, did, did did you see the video of late in the game? Uh, Tennessee's just running out the clock. I know they went for it at some point. They they went for it on fourth down and, and made it, but didn't score, which means that they then got to kneel on the ball, but. As they're about to snap the ball on fourth down, you can hear somebody scream, kick the field goal! (laughs) Which would have put them over the total of 36. (laughs) Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. (laughs) Iowa's record this year, when they scored a single point, a single point, I believe was was 10-1. and Oh, gee. Okay, I know they got shut out by Penn State. They did score against Michigan and lost. So that would be their one loss. <laughs> that man, that's all. They got shut out three times. And, and the, here's the hilarious thing. Who else shut so, them out? I can't, I can't remember now. Okay, hang on. Monkeys in the truck. Monkeys. Monkeys in the truck. Fill them in. Monkeys tell us they got shut out by Penn State. No, and, that, and that's it. Now, their offense might have got shut out. On on some of these ten point games, they were shut out three. T- they were shut out three times. They lost to Penn State thirty one nothing. Big Ten championship game. They lost twenty six nothing in the championship yeah. game. Championship yeah. game. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I can't find. I can't find the tweet now. But it was something to the extent of this. Since I don't know how far they went back, but it was teams that have been shut out at least three times in a season. 
and they listed the teams out with their records. And it was Iowa, uh, you know, 2023 Iowa, went 10-4 with getting shut out three times. Every other team on the list, no team won more than two games in the Holy season. Holy cow. It was the <laughs> wildest stat I'd ever seen in my life. I mean, and they were some bad football teams. Teams we have busted on uh, over the years here. It was bad. And the fact that 10-win Iowa was on the list was... At, oh, I've got I've got it. I've got it right here. I'll bet you Kansas is probably involved in that. They, they are probably not. Rutgers one of, team. Rut, all right, so it's a Rutgers team. I mean, uh, Iowa 10-4 this year. 2019 Rutgers, 2-10. 2016 Rutgers, 2 and 10. 2008 Washington State, 2 and 11. Oh. 2006 Duke, 0 and 12. Oh. 2000, 2002 Baylor, here's your win, 3 and 9. They they won 3 games. 2001 Rutgers went 2 and 9, 2000 Baylor went 2 and 9. And until this season, Iowa had not been shut out since the year 2000. Wow. Well, it's a good thing that they let their offensive coordinators stick around all year. Good grief. What a shit show. And that's just bowl season. All right. So so what you got? I, 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 I've given out Michigan minus four and a half and under 55 and a half. Do you have a play? Do you have an opinion on the title <sighs> game? I like, I'm not going to lie. I like Washington. And maybe I'm just maybe I've just got googly eyes over what Michael Penix did in the Sugar Bowl, but he's going to be the best player on the field, and I just think he's he's got enough he's got enough juice with that offense, running back or not, whether Johnson plays or not. I think he's got enough magic to make things happen. The question is. Can they close out games? That's the thing. I, I, somebody said. Somebody said you can sum up Washington's defense like this: they will never get you a stop when you want, but they'll get the stop they need. And that is kind of how the game played out the other night, which is again why I was this close to turning the game off, but they wouldn't get the stop, and the offense just 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 sputtered just long enough to let Texas hang around in that game. Also, say this. Washington got some turnover luck in that game, whereas Michigan didn't. Michigan was on the wrong side of the turnover game in their game and fought through it and won the game. So everything lines up for Michigan here, and I I do wonder did Michigan did Michigan just win their national championship? Was beating Alabama the big bad Alabama in the Rose Bowl? That's the game that you know for the, the through the history of Michigan football they are supposed to win. That we are here to win the Rose Bowl. Did they peak too soon? No. And I, I didn't get the same feeling from Washington. They, they they and maybe it was because they they escaped as opposed to as opposed to winning the game so to speak. But I I, I just I like Washington. No, because I, Michigan I, I is still on the us way. versus them. It's gonna be a good game. I think it's gonna be a good game no matter what. And and somehow they will make themselves disrespected, even though they are the four and a half point favorite. No play on the total. They're going to win this for Harbaugh because they know it's his last game. Ooh, I hadn't thought about the the last game Harbaugh angle. That's a good one. I didn't. Ha- oh, I didn't factor that one in. And that's a way to get it back up after after the Rose Bowl. Oh man, I don't know. That's good. It's going to be a good game. The storylines are all over the place. Last time Washington won the national championship, they beat Michigan in the Rose Bowl. Harbaugh was the quarterback. 
it, it's it's going to be good. We got a big name team in there, and you know, last stand for the Pac-12. And we got a future Big Ten rivalry here. Um, it's going to be good. I, I I wish this was taking place at the Rose Bowl, damn it, and not you know some some freaking warehouse in Houston, Texas. But it is what it is. It's crazy. First time since 2014, no SEC champ, no SEC team in the in the title game. Thank goodness. And only the second time since like 2005. So, well, and it'll be the last time until who knows when, because you know there's giving like six SEC teams in the playoff next year. Oh yeah, it's yeah, it's going to be. Well, let's see. Let's go through it real fast. Let's see. Well, there'll be there'll be between the two big league between the Big Ten and the SEC, there'll be nine teams. There'll be an ACC team, a Big 12 team, and a group of five team. There you go. Yeah. Simple as that. Great, great system we got here. I was mocking it up here. I was just making no doodling. And, and then the next two SEC teams get get put in the secondary tournament that they're going to create. <laughs> in the FIT. That's what it is. <laughs> I, was, I was doodling around screwing around yesterday. Real fast, made, made, a, made a, a, a national college football nine Nine conferences of eight teams had geographical rivalries, old school stuff. Everything worked. It was perfect. It, it was wonderful. Why can't we do that? It's a bet. It, it, the the game is more healthy when you have nine conferences of eight teams that you can flex all over the place, and then you can then you can actually build a a twelve team playoff because you got you got nine conference champions that that, that automatically go in that you can do. Three wild cards. I'm more. I'm more happy about that rather than having four conferences and twelve bids. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I think I put something together like that earlier this year. Uh, although I think I went with eight conferences, and everybody had between I think I think eight and ten teams. But yeah, same concept. No, actually, okay. There's 133 teams. It must have been ten conferences, maybe twelve conferences. But again, I had seventy-two teams. Okay, see, I, I went with the yeah. I went with every Division One team. Now there was some. So I, I kept everybody in Division One football, but it worked out because I, I think there was twelve conferences, and so there's there's your twelve playoff bids. Yeah, that works too. I I like it when conference championships mean something. Yeah, we we've run over time, but let's talk some basketball before we leave here. Just kind of catching up on some of the holiday hoops. Starting in chronological order, God, I swear it was about two weeks ago now. Florida Atlantic beat Arizona in a crazy double overtime game, 96-95. Florida Atlantic's for real again this year. Gulf Coast caught them the other night, though. I was stunned by that. That Florida Atlantic-Arizona game, probably the game of the year so far. That was an incredible matchup. FAU's for real, even if they slip up to Gulf Coast, that's fine. The, the Owls are legit. Ken Palm says so. We're going to roll with that. Nevada won the Diamond Head Classic over a very scrappy Georgia Tech team. You mentioned that in the previews. And now, yeah, the Yellow Jackets are looking like they could get into the NCAA tournament. The Jackets are going to be a problem in the ACC. They're not going to win the league or anything like that. But they, are going to, they will give the big dogs fits. They've already beaten Duke. They're going to be a problem for for the top end of the team just because, again, Scrappy is a good way to put them. And let's give Nevada some shine. The Wolfpack are looking good out there in the Mountain West. They might – God, the Mountain West is good. We, we talked about it. They, they've got five, six teams that are, that, that are legit. That's going to be a fun league to watch this year. 
Now, including among those, San Diego State, which knocked off Gonzaga 84-74 in Spokane. You mentioned it before. I think we talked about it. I, if I remember right, you said Gonzaga was specifically a Sweet 16 team. If I remember you saying that. I, think, I said they were second weekend. He said, no, they're not going to make the weekend. They're, they're, they are a Sweet 16 team. They will win two games. And it kind of maybe feels that way. Uh, but the Zags, obviously not what they have been. Taking nothing away from the Aztecs. Again, who's going who's gonna to sort out the Mountain West? It's, it's pretty damn good. Interesting scenario in that game. San Diego State's Reese Waters missed his first free throw of the season after making his first 43. He was just one away from the record of the Citadel Mats Frierson, who was 44 oh, for 44 during the entire 2018-19 season. Damn. Frierson, by the way, only missed 12 free throws in his four years at Citadel. He's now playing at Bremerhaven in Germany, where he's been 48 of 53 from the line the last two years. Jesus, 48 of 53, that's what, like 97.5% or something like that? Uh, no, no, okay, so 48, 53, uh, it's about I'm 92%. Going the wrong, 90, I'm going the wrong way with my with my math on that. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but it's, abo- it's above though. 90. Yeah, Yeah. if you're shooting 90, yeah, you're doing something right. We called it in the previews, McNeese State goes wire to wire at Michigan, 87-76. McNeese led for the final 32-22 of that game. Mm, at Chrysler, my God. Notre Dame, the worst team in the ACC, wipes the floor with Virginia, 76-54. They shot 51% from the field. It was so bad in that game. Virginia Virginia went out of their patented, trademark, pack line defense and went zone in the second half. Virginia feels like a fraud with a capital F right now. These are, these are not your older brother's who's. Let's say that. They only have three losses, but those three losses are by 24 points to Wisconsin, 23 to Memphis, and now 22 to Notre Dame. When they lose, they lose well. Marquette knocked off Creighton 72-67 in one of the first Big East big-time matchups. Sean Jones got 15 points off the bench for them. Big East is going to be so much fun this year. It's going to be a pain in the ass, night in and night out, except for the very bottom of the league. It's going to be super good. Keep an eye on all of them. It's going to be good. Michigan State beat Indiana State 87-75. Rematch of the Magic Johnson-Larry Bird final. Oh, that's right. I didn't even put that together when they play. That's crazy. Stanford just the other night beats Arizona 182. Not sure where the hell that came from. Oh, I, I can tell you where it came from. They have a freshman guard, Cannon Carlisle. He got hot off the bench, 28 points, 8 rebounds, 6 for 8 from from three-point land. That was only his fourth game of the season. I think Stanford's found themselves a star. We'll find out tonight. They play at UCLA. They're a a 4.5-point dog. It would not surprise me if they win that game outright. Mm. And they have USC on the weekend. Winnable game, too. Stanford might have something there. Good call. They could be the second-best team in the Pac-12. I know I'm getting a little excited about them over one win, but the way Carlisle looks, Stanford could be turning around real quick. And then just Tuesday night, Colorado State beat New Mexico 76-68. 
you talked about how good New Mexico is going to be at home, but I think I see a monkey in their wrench when they're on the road. With Mashburn and House on the court, along with sophomore Donovan Dent, they've got three guys who are 6'2 or shorter. And Mashburn and House don't play defense. You're not wrong on that. <laughs> Yeah, could be, could be some matchup issues for them. They got they got a load of talent though. We'll see we'll see if they can adapt as the season goes along. Reminds me of the old Steph Curry Monte Ellis scenario. They said two small guards can't guard. We got to get rid of one of them. Thank goodness they got rid of Monte Ellis. They chose the they chose the right one. Monte Ellis, good God, blast from the past. And I still remember that people people said they traded the wrong guy because Steph Curry had ankle issues. Oh, I remember that. Good God. And he did. First three years of his, of, of his time at Golden State, he was out lengthy time every year because yeah. of ankles. Yep. But Don Nelson traded the right guy. Whoo! Before we go, let's go through the schedule of the rest of the week of college basketball. Thursday, you got a good Horizon game. Cleveland State at Wright State, 4 p.m. Vegas time on ESPN2. Although, Purdue-Fort Wayne is the last unbeaten team in that conference. Couple of good Pac-12 games. Oregon at Washington on the Pac-12 network at 6. At 6.30 on ESPN. Colorado and Arizona. We'll see how good Colorado is. They got an 11-2 record, but it's, there's, a, there's a lot of fat on that, uh, on that one. We'll see what they got. On Friday, 5.30, Fox Sports 1, Illinois at purdue Illinois without Terrence Shannon Jr. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, they didn't miss a beat so far. They kicked the crap out of Northwestern the other night. Although I say this, I say Northwestern ain't Purdue. Northwestern beat Purdue, but uh, this is a big ask of the Illini. They ain't Chicago State, is what you're saying. (laughs) Chicago State, absolutely not. That's a big-time matchup. Why? I hate the Friday night games. It's a bad night for, for TV, but that's worth clearing out some time on your calendar, Fox Sports 1. Early on Saturday, 9 a.m. Vegas tip, North Carolina at Clemson on the deuce. Carolina, Pitt's not great, but they play a style of ball that, uh, that has given these Carolina teams fits the last few years. Carolina went into Pitt last night and pulled away from Pitt and played their game doing it. It was very impressive what uh, what the, the Tar Heels did at the Peterson Center. There may be some growth here with the Tar This is not last year's Carolina team. I am curious if they can keep the same uh, level of play uh, on the road at Little John Coliseum, which has been at times a house of horrors for them. At 11.15 on Saturday on the Big Ten Network, Nebraska travels to Wisconsin we're going to find out if Nebraska is any good this week because today, uh, probably just as you're listening to this, they're hosting Indiana also on the Big Ten Network. Did you see the highlight of, and I can't believe I'm saying this, Wisconsin throwing alley-oops off the backboard in games from the other night against Iowa? I watched that game and I did not see that. Alley-oop off the backboard. The Wisconsin Badgers. It happened. I'm shocked. At 1 p.m. on Saturday, Pac-12 Network. I guess get it now for the next couple of months. Uh, Stanford, <laughs> Stanford at USC. Uh, and then at 3 p.m., ESPN is pulling their usual shit with the Big 12. Iowa State at Oklahoma. 
it's on the plus. Oh, wow. West Virginia escaped it, I guess, because West Virginia is playing Houston, I guess, earlier in the day. I don't know. How you can put that game on the plus? Come on. The Big 12 on the plus is hilarious. That's so stupid. Another game on the Pac-12 network worth watching at 5 p.m., Utah at Arizona. It's a good game there as well. Did you mention Ole Miss at Tennessee? I did not. On the again, you talk about you talk about Barry. That's on the SEC network at three Vegas time. I don't know why that game is on the SEC network and not a not somewhere bigger. I mean, even I was about to say Duke's playing Notre Dame at the same time, but it's on the ACC network. So not even Duke got the got the primer. Is there a football game? Is, is the NFL playing a game on on ESPN? Is that is that what the deal is here? That must be what it is because I see no yes, games it, on Steelers, ESPN. Steelers, yep, Steelers, Ray. It's a double head. It's a double header of football uh, for ESPN ABC on Saturday. Steelers, Ravens, and Texans, Colts uh, for one thirty Vegas on after that. So yeah, there's no nothing on the nothing on the mothership aside from uh, the National Football League. And talking about the National Football League, once the season winds down on Sunday at 4.30 Vegas time, Big Ten Network, Michigan State at Northwestern. Michigan State's looked good now. They've got a four-game winning streak since knocking off Baylor. Uh, Let's see what they can do against the team that is supposed to be a Big Ten contender yet lost to Chicago State. Yeah, buddy. We'll see. Maybe Michigan State's found their confidence, and sometimes that's all it is. They need to kill Michigan State early, and it looks like against once again, they have not. Exactly. And then Monday, there's really not any anybody playing anything. I think there's some football game on. Yeah, there might, there, there might be a, a football game of note from Houston, Texas that night. Not, not quite sure. And once that's over with, we'll come back to you uh, probably within 48 to 72 hours with a wrap-up of the title game talk some more basketball, and then from then on out, it's going to be Monday, 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 through March, and the NCAA tournament. Basketball time! I have nothing else for the listening audience. Uh, me either, and uh, so much for us doing this in 30 minutes, huh? Yeah, yeah, we were going to try to knock this out fast. It, it, it just kind of didn't happen. Uh, but I'll say, look, you know, we saw what happened at Sugar Bowl. It was a big weekend, a big day. For the city of Seattle, the Seattle Kraken won the NHL Winter Classic, shutting out the Vegas Golden Knights 3-0 at T-Mobile Park. So screw it. It's an all-Seattle closeout here. For Ken Griffey Jr., Sean Kemp and Gary Payton, for Steve Largent, for Kurt Cobain. That's the best producer in the business, Alan Caps. I am Mikey Watson. We will be back next week to talk about who won. The national championship. I'm more inclined. This isn't the invitational anymore. The two best teams are left. They're undefeated. All the marbles on the line. Michigan, Washington. We're going to talk about that. And and we'll probably get into a a little other uh, shenanigans and whatever else we find. Right here on 6th Year Senior.